Good morning. It's the 3rd of June. It's right there in front of you on the screen there, mate. I see it now. <laughs> and you're listening to the big kickoff. Professionals ever. Good morning. It's a beautiful morning. Sun's back out again, Dave, and we are. I suppose we're happy, aren't we? Because gladly, gladly the weathermen kind of got us slightly wrong again yesterday. Now, in fairness, they issued the weather warning, and usually they're quite accurate, but the rain never came up this end of the world anyway. If somewhere else did, I'm very sorry. I seen the. We're talking about weather. I seen, <laughs> I seen the weather forecast news. on two different sites. Yeah. The site I trust. Which was bang on, and other sites. Is it from a d- different country? Uh, no, Ir- Irish Weather Online. Oh, it's a oh. f- Facebook page. Oh, ha- have a look at it. It's spot on every single time. I have Norwegian time. friends, and they're unbelievable. Are they? Yeah. Why are I know other websites are available? And if you're middle aged as well and have nothing <laughs> to do with your life, check out the weather. <laughs> Join our new show later on at six o'clock called Live Weather <laughs> with Roy and Dave. <laughs> Just take a look over my shoulder here. Yeah, sunny, Dave. Sport. I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you know what? Yes, I found myself. Can I can I have a little moment about something? Yeah, go on. Did a real kind of middle aged dad kind of thing yesterday morning. Got up, cleaned out the car a little bit, gave it a bit of a Hoover, brought it into the car wash. Lovely stuff. Went off to a communion, joint communion, uh, confirmation party on the way home. What I can only describe as an absolute abomination all over my car, and I hope that board is dead now. <laughs> like, Shannon, I thought it was 50 boards. It was that much. And I'll show you later, because you can't see it on the window, but it's all down the side. It's, it, lo- it actually looks well dodgy. Does it? Like, really dodgy. <laughs> uh, like something out of that film with the other guys. Remember when the Prius went yeah. missing? <laughs> Let me leave it there tomorrow morning, Shannon. And you are... It, was, oh, it, it drove me mad. It was one board. Jackie seen it. She said it was massive. And I was like, well, if it's not an eagle, it's not worth it, because it was monstrous. If ostriches could fly... Because <laughs> it actually, I had to put the two hands on the wheel. It was that kind of, it was like all oh, over the front way. windscreen. And then trying to get the windscreen. Right. And I was like, <laughs> I just clean. It was like he goes, oh, clean his car, boom. <laughs> so I didn't see it, but apparently it was huge. But yeah, that's my rant. I just had to get off my chest. Screw you, board. I'll find you. Clean the car again today. That's my first job after this. Don't know where to go from there, do you? No, I don't know what to say there. <laughs> you can you can class this episode of Dave's Car Misery. <laughs> star. I didn't like the way you call the episode Dave's Champions League Misery. I, I took it well. Did you did, did, I did uh, take it well. Yeah, Not a, today though. Sergio actually, Ramos, you're getting it today. I actually had a couple of people who were happy to hear your misery. <laughs> Well, it's, it's it still hurts everybody, <laughs> just so you know. Um, sport this week. Uh, do you know what I was looking at? The, uh, do you know what I watched last night? Okay. Before we go into, I watched the the French final, rugby union final. <laughs> what is it called? The fourth pro- top fourteen. Top I think fourteen. Yeah, Castra and Montpellier. Montpellier. 
It was actually it was a good and game. Castro winners. Castro I tell you one thing, yeah. that's some season for them. Like everyone goes on about the rugby and they're incredible and all that. But in France, geez, it's almost like slave labour. Yeah, yeah. Because um, they play fairly strong squads in between Six Nations games and everything. Some yeah. international tough, tough, tough nuggies. They're the you. boss there, isn't it? You know, they really rule the roost. Which probably well paid. Which, which probably shows why there's a bit of a decline in their national team. And they haven't won a championship in probably a few years. It's oh. been a while since France have been at the top of the tree. Yeah. So it, it, there's a lot to be said, but. Uh, yeah, I, I only seen the results. So, yeah. I didn't but I know I wouldn't have sat down only for. <sighs> <sighs> yeah, go on. You can have your man. Here's Roy's rant. <laughs> I went to look at the Ireland guesses. Right, have a look at the Ireland guesses. Legally? Oh no, it's all legal. Oh no, it's not on RTA. Crap, where is it? Airsport. Oh, I don't have Airsport. Yeah, yeah. And then you let me know that. Yeah, this morning on Mobdro this morning that Airsport is Premier Sport. Yeah, sorry which I do have. Yeah. And I didn't know I had, so I stayed up late to watch the highlights, highlights which, so don't, you wouldn't have seen which don't do the game any justice. No. And um, I slept it out. So right, I'll fill you in after the Air Force song. Right, come on. Uh, Hudson Taylor was playing up in the Leaslip Festival last night, and by all means, I heard nothing. So here he is. <laughs> And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. Two lads who look like you could do a good meal. Uh, who's that? Hudson Taylor. Or Taylor Hudson as you like to call Oh, them. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say they're like the happy parents. They're happy vegans. Just all happy life. Happy and happy. Yeah, I'm still a bit bleak, everybody. Just letting you know. <laughs> just in case you didn't know, the latest sports news is Liverpool <laughs> lost the Champions League. We were, we were cheating over. I'm going, I'm going Henry Sellers this week. Did you sign the, did, did no. you sign the petition? Ah, uh, listen, it's brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant in its stupidity, and you just embrace it and go, yeah. Anyone, do you know what? Like I said it to me, Dad, messing like with referendums and elections that were going on, and. Obviously, the night before, there's no advertising. So RT was very factual. Here's what you do and here's how you vote. If you take a selfie, it's a spoil vote. If you do something else. I said, you know what? People should be watching these. And like there should be a special boot around the corner. Go, oh, we, we noticed you made a mistake there. And bring them around. And then you just never see them in the world again. Yeah. And it should be the same with them petitions. It should be out in the middle of a street somewhere. Yeah, go in here and sign the petition for Ramadan. And then you don't see them. And the world be a better place. We'll be less idiots. Is that a bit harsh? You're never going to be less idiots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's a couple of people in here who might be classed as idiots. <laughs> yeah. Uh, any sports news, Dave? No. Right. <laughs> Thanks for being at the show today. We go with Ireland, Ireland, Republic of Ireland. I think we'll talk about Ireland. Yeah, because I've seen the we'll highlights do a mixture last night. We'll do a mixture of two, because obviously they played on Monday against France, and I wouldn't get overly excited about France, but they do... They do look decent. They do look like a decent side. And if they click and if they come together, they they definitely one of the front runners anyway. Because some of them showed some nice bits and pieces on, on Monday night. But then again, we very much let them. What was it, 17% possession in the first half? 17, yeah. 17. It's, go on, you, I want you to tell me about the, the full game that I didn't get to see. Oh, you, last night. Because you um, never told me that it was. Go on, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I never told you. Uh, last night, uh, it went three at the back. Um... John O'Shea got a half an hour and he kind of stepped out and said right good luck thanks everyone and let the new breed come in and Daryl Lennon come in and do very well for the hour 
fair play to him. Uh, Declan Rice, obviously, everyone's going to go mad about him, but I'm not going to badmouth him at all. But it's just let's relax, let's not do it in England and just leave him alone and let him do what he does. He played very well, looked assured. Uh, probably looked like our best midfielder for the last six years. That's how over-exaggerated. Is the get. problem that Declan Rice is of a level mm. that we used to have? Oh, we're and, we're just, and, and we're just not as good as what we were. And we're now we're now we are crawling all over and making yeah. a big fuss like over. Like we did with Hulan, you know what I mean? Player. Because we're so desperate for that type of footballer. Everyone relax. And let him enjoy his football because the, the more he plays and the more comfortable he is, the better we'll be. Because he's a centre half, he's a set, he's a holding midfielder, but he could play ball. He was everywhere. He was able to break it down. He wasn't outstandingly outstanding, but it's just everything we've we've always want. So yeah. of course we're going to rise up a little bit better. O'Dowd, I thought was quite impressive. Um, he was in the midfield three with himself and uh, Jeff Hendrick, hmm. and it was very much like get on the ball and try your best to play a bit of ball and this, that and the other. And Graham Burke obviously will get a lot of plaudits. He was decent. He kept it fairly simple, but he was in his kind of preferred position of in between the midfield and the striker. And he linked well once or twice with Walters. Pretty decent. One or two nice little touches. Or he was always close. When Walters was doing the knockdowns or whatever, he was always close. Mm. And he was in the right positions a few times. Martin O'Neill at the end didn't give him too much praise. He kind of praised his style. He didn't praise his game. And he actually said that, you know, for parts of large parts of the game the game passed him by now there was once or twice I'll be honest there was once or twice where not for his fault not at all yeah. his own fault yeah. he said but yeah. I, I think he kind of I think he was kind of pushing towards listen maybe he's not you have a bit at more this to go. level yeah, a bit more to go because he started listen, saying how good he was in training and blah blah, blah. there'll be a clamour for him anyway because it's, it'll be great advertisement for League of Ireland there'll be a big clamour we need to get him in and whatever and maybe that's O'Neill going relax yeah you know, it is still League of Ireland. He, if he was to come across and show more, blah, blah, blah. Listen, there was once or twice where he was kind of just standing still when we had a bit more ball. I was like, get into another pocket, mate. It's not coming to you. Move around a little bit more. That was, and that's just me being probably a bit hypercritical. But just once or twice, there was that moment where I was like, go somewhere else, mate. Come on, look alive. Yeah. And that's when you kind of go, yeah, Premier League players just wouldn't stand there. Yeah. They move. Although, but I wouldn't be critical of the guy. Is it? That he has to get to know the players that's around him. Exactly. So it's they're, they're, they're actually different players than <clears throat> what we're playing the other the other night against uh, France. So 100%. you have to learn what his like. I mean, if you look at uh, we'll talk about the England game later on. You nearly always know that Ashley Young is going to come back on his right foot. Yeah, you know. <laughs> so like, that's things That's me being a bit hypercritical, and it's just basic things that not necessarily they're just basically the game that you you know yourself regardless of your team, and it's not being mad. It's just once or twice I just noticed. Go somewhere else, mate. It's not happening. Come on, yeah. move, move. So on an overall... But he played safe and he played tidy. And on, he didn't on an look overall <clears throat> look at the team and the shape and performance from what you've seen, and then I'll go through what I've seen. Yeah. What did you make of it all? It was okay. It was decent. Like, it, it's, it was a bit of an end-of-season game again. It's a, it's, a, it's a young American side, so they're um, rebuilding They literally well. had DeAndre Yedlin, who is playing with Newcastle at the minute. On loan, is he? Or did he go permanent? I'm not sure about you. And there was a double-barrel guy who is with Spores, and then a guy called Matt Miazga, who's been out on loan. He was with Chelsea. And George Weah's son? George Weah, yeah. Playing oh out wing. God. Apparently got a great goal the other, the other night uh, against Bolivia, and he plays with Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah, he looks like somebody who's got potential as, as a kid, but the yeah. fact that he's with America potentially might say it all is that his level because like it's same with every bloody American side full of energy full of athleticism but they're still not quite football I keep saying football football intellectual they're mm. still lacking that football now that lovely word that all the footballers they just, just it's all A to B 
I'll do everything the coach says. They don't have that natural flair that people who have played for years, if you know what I mean. Like, you can see that element is still there in American football, mm. and I think that's why they'll always potentially fall short until it becomes more natural to them, if you know what I mean. Although the, the, the MLS surely has to bring will, that out. Please God, it does, because the US are in it. It's going to be big business, as everyone knows, Like mm. so without doubt. But it's just, they're still quite there. But, like, look... Um, it was good that they finished strong it was good that they kind of let's get this bloody win you know because in the friendlies I always find Ireland's attitude can be pretty poor and it can affect our rankings and hence the bloody fucking draws and we always end up in pot trees and fours yeah. these games actually do kind of matter nowadays and that's yeah. the whole beauty of the rankings so to beat them at least we'll either stay where we are we might go up one or two I don't know um, but that's why it was important but it'll be interesting to see is this his style for as I've said many a time when we play as we play most of our games against people our level and lower is this the way we're going to play and then go back to our four four two, shut everything down see, this is what I was going to say is 3-5-2 does it give us because it still give you five at the back when you're defending yeah. does it give us a better platform for attacking potentially I think it potentially does. having a chance of yeah, I think because the four whatever four four five one or whatever oh, the hell we play little or nothing. it's just now I'm going to tell you what I've seen from the highlights. The highlights, to what I've what I seen, even in the highlights, there was too many times that they just knocked the ball long and hoped to feed off the long ball. Oh, they did, without a shadow of a doubt. Now, there was some nice play where it was the nasty... Nasp- Listen, I'll say it like it is. If we go to play this way and we have eight or nine players who are half decent at it, personally, McLean's in trouble because, God love him, he's got nothing other than getting down the head, keeping his head down, and just swinging a ball into a box. But if, if, if it's a wing back, four position. minutes into the game, Shano, I swear to God, it, it's it's James McLean, everything about him, no one around him. The guy is right there, twenty yards away, puts it over his head and goes out to touch the far side of the, of the pitch. Yeah, it was horrendous. Did the same on Monday against France, going down the wing, head down again. There was three lads in a line, perfect line, no one around, twenty five yards in goal, doesn't give it to the guy in the inside, just goes down the wing, gets blocked off again. Nothing against them. He's brilliant at what he does, which is incredibly ordinary, but he does a lot constantly for 90 minutes. But the simple stuff, he just hasn't got it. He, God love him, he hasn't got it. And if we were remotely to click doing this, he's in trouble. That's my opinion. Do you think? But because O'Neill wing puts back, him up front. A wing back. Yeah, well, I don't he, get the up front He thing. puts him up front and puts Walters out in the wing again, and we go back to being yeah. absolutely horrendously brutal again. I, I don't get that at all. That's, that's a worry. Walters is a striker. That's a worrying thing. Yeah that he would do something like that and he did that against did he do that against France as well I don't know when you have the, when you have strikers on the bench I don't get yeah. that at all he puts it, McLean up there it's and he would have missed that only I don't he care can what he he'd have missed only, that judge did the right thing and robbing it off him he'd have missed it yeah only, only him only Martin O'Neill can explain why he does yeah. that yeah. because there is no real explanation yeah. uh, footballing uh, was yeah. and Walters got found out as well people can say legs all you want Walters hasn't got it. He had loads of time as well. A bit bit like McLean. He's good at what he does, but don't try and turn him into something else. When he had time, he didn't look comfortable. Yeah. And he did break not brain dead, but just I'll just pop it in. Who cares? And there's no one there. Yeah. Look around, look back, start again. Mm-hmm. But that's not just down to the players. That's the style we've done for years. So it's gonna take a while to mould. But one or two could be in trouble if this is the way forward. On McLean. I think the fullback role will, will suit him. I've, see, I've seen numerous crosses that he did deliver that were excellent crosses. But can I be honest? Never once looked up. Never once seen guys in the middle, in, in inside him. He literally head bang, down, boom, yeah. and he just now listen. 
you could go listen that's what he does best lads right we all know what he's going to do start bombing in Get yourself, so yeah. it's a, it's a, it, if, if he's playing that's how I compensate it because we're not going to change James McLean maybe that's where I need to rein yeah. him in a bit if he's playing he can't be changed that is who he is so maybe lads listen we all know what he's going to do start bombing into the box yeah. well, if you, the amount of times there was no one there if you have a wing back <coughs> situation me. where you're playing 3-5-2 mm. or 5-3-2 because he has a lot of space he has energy. He's going to get up and down all day. Yeah. So is Coleman going to get up and yeah. down all day. If it's if it's four, whatever it is, mm-hmm. he calls it three, three or four, yeah, five, yeah. one. Yeah, it's different because then you can you, you can play someone else who drifts in. Mm. But when you have your the rigid sort of wing backs, mm-hmm. it's up and down, up and down. Mm-hmm. In fairness, he does that really, really well. And, and I'd never dispute that. So maybe it's it's others others have to kind of play to his. But it's just he done it a few times on on Monday, and then same last night when you had when he had time, you're like, oh god, what's he gonna do? Yeah. Because once he has a second or two, it's like flick it out, cross, brilliant. But when he had that, seriously, Shannon, you should find if, if if there's a full 90 minutes of it, it's only about four minutes in, it's just horrendous. It's just absolutely shocking. But Shane Long was not was worse on Monday. Remember the one where Adil Ramy wasn't even near him and he was out with the left wing? Yeah. Relax, relax. And he just put a ball into the middle and there was no one there. And I was like, what are you doing? Then he tried to help one on a five-yard pass. He tried to help one on the second half. Went straight to another player. And, and then McLean, two seconds later, did that where he didn't go into the wing. He didn't go inside. And Jack, he was putting Eve to bed, and the next morning goes, Dad, who's a grade A toolbox? Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously, I was downstairs, you are a grade A toolbox. Because I was just bored at that stage. It, it is worrying that we have players of a certain level mm. that will panic and not use their football. I think and that's brand. what it is. And because if we see the front of it for me, if you know what I mean. If Maybe we see that with local football, yeah. if you see that over 35 football, and even if you see it with kids' football, you'd be disappointed that they do it. Because yeah. you're saying, listen, you're better than that. You could mm-hmm. talk to a 10-year-old who I would coach and I'd say, listen, you're better than that. You know that there's no can one I ask there. You a so question boy, that, have a little think about what you do next. Can I ask you a question then? Because it's all about passing, right? And mm. we're all trying to get passive football. But to be honest, my, I don't think it's a secret. And I think Barcelona and everyone goes, oh, you can't. The two lads made a great point on Monday. We don't want to be any of these teams. We don't want to be passing teams. But we want to be able to pass it to that guy who's free 10 yards inside and yeah. give him the option and then we'll, we'll do the hassle and the harrying what we're good at because we're naturally good at but we just want a little tweak a little hybrid of it because we're not that type of team and that's all and it was kind of a fair point but what I'm trying to say is it's the movement off the ball any professional can pass 10 yards to another guy it's the movement off the ball and it's seriously lacking in Ireland Yeah. and I think is it down to when we do passing drills when we're coaching it's just around cones and lads it's not in game situations yeah. I find so when but it comes to people being not, around you, your brain explodes. Oh, usually when we do a passion drill, there's no one right in front there. of me. Is that not a yeah? And, and is that a movement. potential problem? It, it 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 potentially is. But these lads play <clears throat> professional football over in England. And I'm fairly sure it's yeah. not just boxes. And and now I agree with that. Yeah. But I look at the game plan, and when you see the game plan is if when you get the ball and you've no pressure on knock it long up to Walters he'll flick it on and one person we'll we'll one person would run on Jack I said, we said this before in the show Jack Charlton played a, a long longer ball game and he used to have five, f- four or five players running off that two and behind anyone two should watch uh, any of the games there's a YouTube of 90 minutes I watched one recently and it's actually good football it is yeah. because when they get into the midfielders their half know, the midfielders know what Mick McCarthy and all the boys are going to do so what happened they were literally 10 yards away from from Cass Green and if they didn't win the first ball 
Liverpool would be jealous of the pressing of the Irish team. Yeah. It was incredible. Yeah. They just would not let them out. But when they had the ball, 40, they 50, played football. It was played. And Charlton always told them. So, but everyone calls it long ball football. And it yeah, wasn't. It, it was wasn't. get up there. It's a good tactic. But when you see the Irish team, when they knock no that long ball, exactly what you said, they're not 10 yards off yeah. the striker who's going to get the ball. They're 10 yards off the yeah. player who's knocking the ball long. Yeah. And the, the others are isolated yeah. then. So it doesn't, it doesn't really make sense. Yeah. So the worrying part is more of the game plan what is your game yeah, plan yeah, overall yeah, yeah. anyhow listen we'll go to a break because I think we've another <laughs> 52 shows this year to talk about that And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. I suppose we should just say... We're professionals after all, and it is our team tunes. Who's on the show We today? will get the odd middle-aged <laughs> uh, moan in, but... Uh, Kieran <laughs> Bork is in. But we're going to talk about the League of Ireland as a whole, uh, everything League of Ireland, but there's been a lot of things that... I suppose you wouldn't There's be... There's another ha- division in the League of Ireland. There know? is another division, yeah. and which is unbelievable. Yeah. I, I only found this out last night. <laughs> When I did a bit of research. I hope he's not listening. He'll turn off now. <laughs> yeah. I know, honestly. There is another thing. And it's incredibly competitive. And, and we're, so we're going to talk about that. We'll probably talk, we'll probably talk about who, the challenging in the league uh, between Dundalk and Cork. Uh, Shamrock Rovers, failures. And even the challenge of new clubs like Cavan Teeley and Wexford Juice. They've been around a, lo- a while now. And what does it take to try and break into exactly. top division? And Limerick FC had a bit of a... Well, it's, They're not, in trouble. it's not unusual. It's to be loved by anyone. Yeah. Not unusual to be loved. By the way, Roy likes uh, Tom Jones. It's a bit of a karaoke thing. Go ahead, go on. Isn't that right, Delilah? Uh-huh. <laughs> right. Just, just a little quick nod. Obviously, we were talking about Ireland there, and the ads were on yesterday, and it just tweaked my interest. Uh, women women are playing. <laughs> women, sorry, women are playing. This on, is a new on, thing. On First Friday. Division football and women <laughs> playing football. <laughs> sorry. Just come Ireland out of women. both of the blue. Ireland women are a big qualifier against Norway. Obviously, the Scandinavians are well known for. Uh, they're leading nations and um, uh, you, you stop laughing yeah. you have to throw me right off but anyway big qualifier in Tala a half five on Friday uh, five are in and then under 18s are free so they had a record attendance in the qualifier against Holland there uh, a couple of weeks ago so do drop down on Friday and hopefully if the weather stays up it'll be a nice nice evening I was looking at as I go through you know you're looking for research you're looking for mm. see what's going on basically you actually in, do a bit of work in the background yeah I do a bit of the back. but I've seen this commentary thing and they put it up on the sports bible uh, do you look at sports bible yeah, or yeah. yeah. And they had so a, you have no choice if you like it it's just forever it's on the always on it they must, they must post up something every click, hour click, share share so they had a MLS goals great MLS goals the highlights packages they're brilliant highlights packages this week but one part of it it started off with Zlatan who scored a goal I think they were behind Zlatan and scored a goal but then there was another goal from a fella called Incencio it was a really good goal now he's, he's a nice name he just drifted in between two quick feet like an X-Man character Incencio yeah, yeah this man gets incensed <laughs> <laughs> you could be Incencio <laughs> but tell you what really grinds my gears what I, what I found was the Irish commentator is he back I love him okay, I never heard never, him th- this guy is always on I love him so, so put uh, him on I think it's the guy I know 
Here we go. I think his name's Walsh. And senior takes it on the edge of the 18 yard box. He beats Schweinsteiger and then he dupes the old onion bag with a rocket. Schweinsteiger nowhere to be seen. El senior said, I went that way, I went this way, and the ball went that way into the back of the old onion bag. Into the old onion bag. Be gara to be Can I tell you something about this guy? I never heard Tommy Walsh. His surname is Walsh, right? But basically, He's basically Michael D. Higgins without no hair. He's oh, a bit is, like him. Is he? I be elderly, bald, glasses, looks small. Now, in fairness, most of the time he's in the studio with Shaq at his lap, so anyone's going to look small beside him. But uh, he's just got the greatest kind of leprechaun Irish accent. So uh, they pro- like no wonder they have the stereotype of us. I know, yeah. You know, like, oh, he looks like a leprechaun, sounds like a leprechaun. We have him. Do you think that they got. Do you think but he's been over there for years. Yeah. So maybe it's kind of like he tries to keep the accent and he's put it on and that's his normal accent now or something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but do you think they put that, him on <laughs> purposely <laughs> for just that certain, that sort of... I'd say they love all that stuff. Like they're loving Zlatan is a kind of uh, his kind of tongue-in-cheek arrogance. They're, they love all that over there. They love stars like that. And yeah, I think it's Tommy. Uh, he's been around for a long, long, long time over there. And obviously when I had, when ESPN and all them on the BT Sports... They used to have ESPN. Oh, what was it called? Like, they still have it. It's like a half an hour show and they talk about, like, basically world football. And he'd just be on quite a bit and he's good crack, like. He's a real leprechaun. He's aiming Dunphy with him. Bit Sorry. of a know-all with the lads. I drifted away there. This is because, did you ever hear the, the, the sketch show, the jockey sketch? I think I know where you're going here. Here, I'd bet. Oh, what a great finish that was by Glaxo Princess, and we're joined by the winning jockey Dermot O'Glockland. Dermot, you must be delighted. Oh, geez, I tell you as well, I'm delighted as well. But you know, the winner is me. It's a very good fan of the last five years. I'm very happy. I'm the only fan of the last four of the last few months. You know, when he jumped the last, I thought there's no way this fan makes up the hill. When he gave a little slap at the brain, I was running the whole way home. And I'm telling you, when he goes to India, the South Fan did very, very well. I tell you, I'm absolutely delighted. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't actually catch any of that. Oh, sorry, I'm very excited. <laughs> That's okay, we'll go again. Okay, yeah, well, I'm joined by the winning jockey on Glaxo, Princess Dermot O'Glockland. Dermot, you must be delighted. Oh, Jesus, I tell you, I'm delighted as well, but we will actually So, basically, he takes him off to a tea. Yeah. He's exactly same maybe that's what In the back of the Indian bag. Yeah. I think it's Tommy Walsh. I think it's definitely Tommy but yeah YouTube it because there'll be plenty of clips yeah, like, never and he has the minute he said in the back of the onion bag yeah. I was like oh my dip it into the onion bag to be sure <laughs> that went a bit dust in there sorry about that everyone <laughs> right come on uh, sport can I go with uh, hurling would you believe you can go hurling yeah yeah it's because like listen I still I've, I've said it a few times probably not on air but I think it's probably a top game I think it's probably one of the hardest games to be and that's even over football like when it's really at its finest like with skill and the passion and the speed, it's it's a phenomenal game. But I think with the round robin system, people who only watch, I watch some of the big ones. Bit of an armchair fan, but I'm watching a hell of a lot more of it now because the big boys are playing the big boys constantly week in week out, and you're getting to see hurling at its best again. But it's just interesting in the mm. round robin stage, and it's getting to the business end of it now, where basically I'm starting to learn this whole round robin system. And some people love it, some people don't. But the top two basically will go into the championships like the championship finals but there's a 15 minute and apparently there's a relegation where they go I don't know 
as in are they in the championship next year I, I've no idea where it goes okay. I'm, I'm learning as I'm going along because there's a relegation playoff basically between Dublin and Offaly today Dublin only even played two games and they lost both very narrowly but Offaly have lost all three and this is their last game so they lose apparently they're relegated but if Kerry win a cup called the Joe McDonough Cup they're not relegated so my brain exploded okay. I went I'm not going into this any deeper so yeah it may be not so straightforward relegated to Camogie I've no idea <laughs> I literally have no idea but last night Joe Canning anyone remembers obviously poor old Roy didn't because I said it to him but the, my favourite score nearly ever was Morris Fitzgerald from the sideline in the famous I think it was a replay but it was down um, down south somewhere I think it was in Clarny against the Dubs back in probably 15, 16 years ago and he was on the right hand side on the touchline in his hands which is obviously harder and he just outside of the foot probably about five yards wide of the goal and just trickle its way back in right over the middle great score but Joe Canning done the same on the opposite side but at a cut ball which some I was going to say professionals but the top of get struggled to even lift it off the ground could have been about 40, 45 yards out from the touchline and it was about five yards wide and just set coming back in Joe Canning is Messi, if you yeah, know what I mean, he's a yeah. superstar. But uh, it's just an incredible point, and if anyone wants that, yeah, it's all. I presume it's all over YouTube, and it'll be yeah. shared all over the social media. But it's just incredible. But I think it's been a success. It's it's probably getting a few more people to kind of watch it, and it brings it to life a little bit. I think because it was dying where there's literally only two or three games that's important. Yeah, you know, and. Like, Technically, it's still the championship, and there'll be a championship games. But listen, it needed to change, and I, for one, am enjoying it because you're getting to see the best play. Each is other this not what often. we talked about before? That it, it just needs to change from the the the, the, the football we were talking yeah. about at the time. Change from the just because I think they're going into something called the super eights now. The football are going to do yeah, something, but that's going to be the eights. It's going to be a knockout yeah. sort of thing. But I, I don't no, know I how much it's going to add to it now. Yeah. It, it, there's a slight difference in the football that I think it comes like they do the normal championship but then it goes into the round robin stage in the in the quarter final side I think yeah. it's called the super I'm not sure exactly but whether this is the right format I don't know but it's a step in the right direction it's mm. getting more competitive and you're getting to see more top hurling every week and it's still only it's still only start of June so there's another three months of this yeah. so I for one more the merrier because like I've said it is arguably one of the greatest games to watch when it's really at its best yeah. and the crowds are brilliant like Parky Quave was looked like near full capacity last night so for a June and a brand new stadium it's good business so the more of these games the better I think That's especially for uh, outside of Dublin because obviously Dublin did what they usually do last week and I don't know they massacred Wicklow again um, so they're not going to come alive till probably the quarterfinal stage which yeah. is sad because Mead and Kildare are already out yeah. at the championship Leinster championship Carlo and um, Jesus my head's gone but you're both gone in the quarterfinal stage of the Leinster Championship so that's how bad Leinster is at the minute yeah yeah it's not great like where's the progression no, in fairness again if, you, if you're putting your money on it has to be Dublin again you're going to have you're going to have the the odd teams from the certain probably three other teams who have a chance who can get Dublin on their off day but um, yeah I, listen I, I always think that, that I think the Champions League view point yeah. format should really come into the yeah. Gaelic football I think where you have your groups with. of four you have your top two go through Excuse to the, uh, the all Ar- or the All-Ireland final route yeah. the bottom two go into a, sort of a B championship and I, I think that's think what this fair. McDonough Cups and I, but I think it's a work in progress and I don't think they're far off from clicking so I for one I'm all for it now we're going to before we go to a break we have remember when Roy met Roy on other yeah, radio stations yeah, well we have yeah. Joe Brawley meets Joe Brawley but he also Colin O'Rourke meets Colin O'Rourke so uh, it's a little uh, two minute clip before we go to a break who is it? So who, 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 do we know the, who this uh, 
Oh, Connor Moore Connor is his Moore. name and uh, let's just say he's I tell you what's Irish have fairly good impressions aren't we oh yeah well, you'll find out in a minute because Joe Brawley is there so you'll, you'll find it hard to tell who's okay. who Shoot anyway, here we go break down. some more views here at Castlebar Mitchell's clubhouse because um, Joe Brawley obviously you're looking forward to this year's championship <laughs> well Michael I have to say no you know Absolutely, looking forward to a very absorbing and exhilarating contest, you know. I have to say, today's going to be a great game, you know. I must say, it really, really is, you know. And I have to say, I love what you've done with the room here, you know. Live TV and all that, it's absolutely brilliant, isn't it? You know, and I'm surprised you found a room big enough to fit my ego in it, you know. But fair play, these lads. Tell me, what's, what's your opinion on the current state of football? Well, I get very upset, you know, when I talk about it, you know. You know. I don't like telling stories, but I'll tell one anyway, right? You know, <laughs> you know, up, up around up in Belfast, right? I have this five-year-old from down the road for me, right? You know, five years of age. I seen him in the backyard a couple of months ago. Great little footballer, you know, both feet, you know, left and right. I said, this fellow's the next Gucci, you know. I says, so I told him, I said, start him up with Bridget's our club, you know. So he's on the on the rates panel, you know. And I'm after finding out, right? You know, the rates are going seven nights a week training, right? Seven nights a week, right? This fellow, he's in the gym four nights a week. He's walking around, he's like Damien Comer, so he is. He's only five now, you know? I went into the gym, I seen him in the gym, I says, Tomas. His name is Tomas, named after the great Tomas O'Shea. <laughs> you know? And I said to him, I says, Tomas, what do you do? He says, you play with us now. He says, oh, I do. He says, and I says, what position do you play? He corner forward, and he looked up at me, you know, with these big blue eyes and this, you know, face of innocence and adventure, and he says, um, he said he was the sweeper, you know? <laughs> that day. I says, hold on a second, hold on a second, what do you mean they're the sweeper, you know? And he looked up at me again, his eyes narrowed, and he says to me, he says, oh, Joey, he says, I love nothing more than to ruin a good game, so I do, you know? I tell you, you can totally forget about him as far as he's a man, you know? I know he's only five, but I had to be held back, so I did. And that's a true story, I wouldn't exaggerate. <laughs> I tell you what, let's, let's get a view from Colm O'Rourke. And the question, Colm, I think for you is, will Dublin win the championship again this year? Look, at absolutely. I think now Dublin will win the Leinster Championship. They'll win the All-Ireland as well. And with the financial clout they have, they'll probably win the World Cup also, you know. <laughs> look, at now I've nothing against Dublin, but look, at I have suggested splitting them in two. I think it's high time now we threw them out of the championship altogether. <laughs> absolutely. Not against Dublin, though. No, I know that, yeah. Um, Liffy Sound 96.4 FM is the Man, big kickoff. We will have uh, Kieran Bork on in approximately 10, 14 minutes, minutes 15 yeah, minutes. Uh, we'll talk about League of Ireland First Division. And this mystery second. division that none of us know about. Uh, what teams are in it? <laughs> he's going to tell us, I hope. That's pa if he's not listening. <laughs> is it Portland? <laughs> I don't know. Letter Kenny? Gosh, who knows? Okay. <laughs> Obviously, we know who it is. Yeah, of course uh, we do. That's the, that's the but it is true. Like, even on Soccer Republic, it's 
vague. I think they might show goals of one game. I think maybe, but I'm sure. And it, it, very rarely, it, yeah, but it's very not rarely. No, it's not no, much. no. It's obviously when there's nothing Probably going well, on yeah. in the top division. Exactly. Okay, listen. You were talking about UFC. Yeah, um, bit of a disturbing video, and it, you know what? It's very common in the UFC in the last couple of months. And and I think uh, what's her name, Paige Van Sant, and then there was another one, one of the. I think it was one of the Polish girls. Now it's not just with the girls, but it, Darren Till, a uh, local lad from Liverpool, was in a big, the big uh, main card event against your man Wonderboy Thompson last Sunday night. Uh, UFC Fight Night in Liverpool and on Friday I think it was yesterday they released this weight cut video and it, you're like watching somebody dying it was like uh, almost like the hunger strikes almost that's how bad it looked How it was shocking he had to lose 5 kilograms and he was layer after layer and the stereotypical sweaty top and that was like the there was layers over that yeah. and he was on the treadmill for whatever it was 45 minutes and he, they literally had to carry him there was about 10 lads around him it just looked uncomfortable and then he carried him down he's lying there for a few minutes then they get him up and do a f- five five minute round of pad work then they lie him down on this blow up bed and cover him with layers and layers of towels and blankets and you can just see it's trickling down his face to sweat he's just lying there and he's gone yeah. then they literally pick him up and carry him across to the, to the weighing scales he's lost two and a half kg grand has to go off and do whatever he has to do there was an emergency he asked them to come back. This is at about 11 o'clock at night. He asked them to come back to the gym for five in the morning. Now, his fight is the next night to try and get the last bit off. Does the same thing. He can't even move on the treadmill. They literally hold him up and carry him off. He can't do anything. Right. What did he do? Put another layer on him and bring him into the sauna with about seven or eight lads. So the more the heat, the better. And he literally crawled out of it. Did he make a cut? No, he didn't make the cut. Now, they did a special catchment way for the two. He, had to be at, he could only be at a certain weight the next day and and in fairness they followed it in the whole lot and uh, he won in controversial circumstances apparently Thompson it was a slightly biased home kind of result um, it was close fight but he still lasted five five minute rounds and the guy I thought was going to die that day before and that's not being dramatic but that's it, it looked shocking and you think how on earth can you do 20 and whatever about UFC that grappling and stuff is serious yeah, so it's, a, it's a concern and also you have to throw questions over how did he recover so quickly it's it's shocking now can food and water and all that give, bring you back to life within a day I'm not sure no because if you you think about it if you get sick yeah. right, and you have that, that your energy is zapped out of you you have little or no energy the next day you're not ready to have a fight and it this takes you a couple of days recovery. It's yeah. shocking. So there's, there, there's, and it almost puts first a, of all the health puts a dark cloud on it because you're going to go. Where did you get this energy from? Bro? Yeah, yeah. Nothing against him or anybody, no. but you can't help, especially nowadays and all these exposes. You're going. Are the UFC any different? Yeah. Well, it's, it's definitely when you, when you see this video, it's it's shocking. It's definitely exclamation marks mm. for you know putting people's life yeah. and health but in jeopardy one, and then question marks Brazilian about how to guy, recover very, very low weight very uh, one of the lighter weights and he's being literally carried to the main stage in one of the UFC events about six months ago. he's being carried to the weighing scales that's how bad his weight cut was Yeah, and he, he was barely able to stand up on his own on the weighing scales and he then eventually grabbed him before he keeled over Like it was shocking uh, did you see Johnny Depp I've seen him a few times no lately John, oh yeah, Johnny, Johnny sure, Depp, you, you type him in there. So on you, YouTube? No, or no, just, 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 just Okay, tell me about But Johnny, Johnny Depp, uh, he, he's like, you've seen part of the Caribbean. Yeah. His skeleton's in it. He's exactly like that now. Is he, it for a role? He is, uh, well, I don't know, but he's been like it for 
the last while and he is looking terrible. He's Fans getting, are concerned for Johnny Depp's state of well-being after recent photos of the actor appearing ill surfaced online over the weekend. Yeah, scroll down. Look, at him. Look how bad he looks. Now, he, act, he looks very... Because he's wearing a cap. Addicted looking. And it looks like he's bald. So hopefully it's just shaved. So you'd hope and it was a it was a roll. And you're thinking, is this an extreme? Like he, he's he, he kind of goes into them type. He of does, things. and you're kind of hoping, Jesus, you hope it's a roll. Ladies, Anyhow, you wouldn't fancy this fella. But is it, I'm, that's the picture that I was getting when you were talking about the UFC. Yeah, and Conor McGregor, sure, Conor McGregor when he first hit the scene and he's at the 145, he's a different man. And then within a day, he looks completely different. Yeah, yeah. completely different. Yeah, it can't be good. Um, so I don't know now. Are boxing better at hiding it? I don't know. Or are they better at doing it? That's what I'd like to know because you don't see as many of these videos. No. Some of the lads have a little issue with making weight sometimes and they have to put in the extra session but you don't hear about them nearly killing themselves. And but very somebody's going to die Very doing rare you see boxers who go into oh, a sorry, fight Oh sorry, can I mention another thing about the video? They had to take him off the treadmill. Because, sorry, I forgot. They had to take him off the treadmill. I can't remember which time it was because he, he couldn't see. He was that dehydrated. He no actually stopped. He couldn't see. So they had to lie him down. To get his and uh, why are the doctors in this? They were probably standing there watching it. I swear to God, Shano, there's about ten lads standing over him, and it was, it was, it was, it was weird. It was like it was torture. That's yeah. what it would look like. It was people torturing somebody they didn't like, even though they're invested into this guy. Um, Anyhow, we're calling out Conor McGregor. Come on the show and explain all this. <laughs> yeah, to us. Uh, like especially the health reasons. I'd love to look into a little bit more, especially after that video, and get somebody in who can explain how this is done and how and how common is it to be that extreme, so close to a fight, and. Maybe this is half the reason why some of these guys sometimes die in the ring. Yeah, because they're literally hanging. But yeah, like imagine not being able to see well, your health. Imagine I mean, yeah, that, that dehydrated. That's, you can't see everything. Is that not the question mark? Barely able to see to be able to compete in a fight like that for five rounds. Yeah. yeah okay. Anyway, uh, Darren Till is his name. If you want to YouTube, it's 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 weird. It's, it's a bit disturbing. Yeah. Yeah, it's just uncomfortable. Yeah. Now you know. I knew what happened. I knew he came through, and I knew that's fine. But it's still disturbing. Yeah. Roman Abramovich scraps Chelsea's new Hello. one billion stadium. Oh, is he on hard times? Is he not as rich? No, because you know the way the UK, be, be, because he's unwilling to invest in a country where he can't work. He's living in Israel now. Oh, I heard there's some problem. There's some visa. The, the, gold, the golden visa that he would get. Any of there's a, a visa over in England. Is it that if you spend over two million in a year in, in the country, you're you get, it, They'll give you a golden visa, so you're in. But because of this fallout between Russia and yeah, yeah. The UK with the the poison and remember the, the mm-hmm. two yeah of course yeah, in, in uh, they've all been told to to leave so he's actually living in Israel now at the moment he's but not if he still invested in two million would he get it no oh no. that's gone not sure he invest, right, he's invested more than two million yeah of course that's year, what I was going to say what's going so, on so no they have been this is the, the fallout of it so this kind of puts, so are Chelsea going back to normal it puts a question mark over Chelsea because Chelsea finished fifth yeah. This probably potentially puts them in the top six they were si- clubs yeah. at the bottom of the top six clubs because they have, there was going to be a 60,000 all-seater stadium. Now yeah. they're still stuck at around 40,000. Late 30s, 40, yeah. Yeah. So they're, they're, I think it's early 40s. Yeah, they're struggling now. Yeah. You know, yeah. they're struggling. And if, it, it, this, they're only struggling. They'd be maybe the six uh, stadium capacity-wise. Yeah, oh, definitely, six. 100%. Yeah. But if Abramovich pulled out of that club, who are they going to get to go in and do the same thing? Because I was looking at the ma- there was a managing director on Sky Sports today, mm-hmm. and he said if this happened six or seven years ago, Chelsea wouldn't be self-sustainable. They are self-sustainable now. They're mm-hmm. making yeah. they're making money where before for years when Abraham Bishop. But they there, might be able to get that emergency injection from him if needs be. They, they just might fall behind. Yeah, they might just just might fall behind a, a good bit now. So it, it's yeah, it's 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 interesting times for Chelsea now. If he probably rock. 
Sorry, did I say that? And see, the one billion, the reason why it's going to cost one billion, they're only going up another 19,000 in, in, in seats in the capacity. But it's because of where it is, what they have to build, how it has to be built. And of course, you know, there'd be a few extras and bits around it. But it's one billion for just an add-on, mm, you know. Mm, so, mm. but only Robin Bradbridge could do that. Yep. So now maybe they're going to be stuck with a stadium that's not a bad stadium, yeah. but they could fall behind. So speaking of people who annoy you at Chelsea, uh, John Terry, uh, Twitter came alive after he finished up with uh, Aston Villa going, oh, best of luck in League One now, seeing as you can't play against Aston Villa. Uh, everyone came alive and started hammering him about it because obviously the rumours about Lampard having chats yeah. with John Terry. Um, Lampard would really want to be mad, I think. To take John Terry on? Yeah. It's done now. Like, uh, listen, if he wants to still play somewhere else, that's fine. But I, I would stay clear of it because eventually the body's gone. I don't know how he's done at Aston Villa this year. Yeah, well, from what I've but heard. But imagine he brings him in and all of a sudden he's not the same player. Oh, looking after your mates and you're ruining our club, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I'd stay clear. I, I, I think I'd stay clear too. But from what I've heard from Villa fans, John Terry has played very well this year. I would, I would have nothing against that. And I probably, he probably hasn't. But it's just if I was Lampard, I'd be like, be careful. Yeah. He's, he's 37 now. He could easily, the body could easily just go like that, as you know. The reason why Frank Lampard needs to be careful because this is his first job. He doesn't want to make an arse of it. He wants to be, come out of this with yeah. some sort of, yeah. you know. Come out of it alive. Because let's face yeah. it, it's only going to be probably two or three years, one way or another. Yeah. Because there's no such thing as being comfortable in your job nowadays. No. Here, tell me this. Always. <laughs> Uh, Paul Scholes last week Mr Happy Paul Scholes well, fan, moaning about me Football fans have hit out of Paul Scholes After criticising Mo Salah For crying during <laughs> Liverpool's Champions yeah, League Yeah he, he doesn't like people to cry anyway. And also uh, Carius as well Yeah yeah for uh, crying yeah says, I can understand Carius I suppose He's devastated after what's happened But injuries are part of the game What's your thoughts on that? <sighs> it's one of, it, do you know what it is? It's one of these mo- it's, not, it's not who you are Paul but you know other people what's your, what's your, what's, what's your view on the crying, on the crying? Um, you're in the height of that moment everything is sent you are the, I'd say you can't help but be sucked into it a little bit he seems a quite humble enough fella but Salah would realise the weight on his shoulders for both Liverpool and even Egypt and it could have just flooded in he knows himself this is bad he's missed out now on the biggest stage and now he could miss out on an even bigger stage the World Cup it could have just shot straight into the middle of his head because he realised as soon as he hit the floor how bad it was. So, whatever. It, 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 emotion, it, us men kind of show our emotion, but it's typical. It's almost a bigger thing, like, oh, don't show your emotion. Like, you're still in the caveman days, Paul. Like, move on. You know, it, men are giving out to it for showing their emotion, but then there's campaigns going, we need to show our emotion and be a bit more normal. So, leave him alone. Okay. That's my opinion. Just leave him alone. So what? Well, I am Captain Caveman because I actually can't understand for the life of me. That's yep. my opinion now. Yeah. I can't understand for the life of me. I can I can understand. I've had you have plenty of disappointments in life. Yeah, it's part of me makes it seem very false. I thought with Carius, I thought it was a bit false. Carius, it looked weird because it looked uncomfortable. He he was nearly balling, but. Uh, if you're having that emotion there's nothing wrong with having a cry but surely disappointment takes over before the crying possibly you know, we're all different though you're, so you're I can only say possibly uh, 
I, I, I'm, I'm going along the same lines as Pascal's. Now, I, I one of his I great teammates would shed a tear as well, and I'm sure he never had a problem with the Becks and whatever. He yeah, had. he so did. And uh, it just goes to show you: is it just because it's a chance to have a poke at Liverpool? Or boy, I'm not, I'm not saying it this, in a bad way, but it's like, is it though? This is something that we were talking about yeah. just off air when we were talking about there's certain things going on in Ireland, and you know maybe discipline isn't the way it mm. is and all that and as you said people are, now men are supposed to get more in touch with yeah. their feminine side I suppose or just be a bit more that. open a bit more open we keep everything in I don't necessarily I do agree with that I, yeah. do, I do think that everyone should talk yeah I don't necessarily think that it, 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 it's like I don't necessarily think that you have to ball your eyes out to show that you have emotion I don't think you have but to I don't think it's an act for the fans though personally I think for some it can be why is there a lot more of them doing it though they're sheep you know Dennis Wise brought it was child now they all do yeah. I don't think that's the way it should be but ah, it's a sharing moment with the family it's not it's, it's a sharing moment with your team Yeah, like you go off the scene and you go behind and then you share your moments with your family that's my opinion Yeah, call me caveman as well but oh he did it I'm doing it we're all doing it now aren't we great look at me and then some of them are just doing it so they can get a few more likes the, the but um, I, I, let's, okay, look so at that's, that's carrying Gaza that's back in ninety. That was genuine. Yeah. That was sheer heartbreak. I'm missing the biggest stage, and we all know who got yeah. type of character. But then again, Gaza may, is. May, maybe, that's, maybe that's the reason why. And all he did was get booked. Go. You know what I mean? All he did was get booked. We knew what our character like Gascoigne was. Yeah, we knew what Gascoigne. Well, it's probably easy to give out about Carries. But probably never seen Salah. Carries has potentially destroyed his career. Yeah, well, and even true. if he does have a half decent career in Austrian second division football somewhere, he will always be remembered as the guy who made a balls of a Champions League final. Good luck to him. Leave him alone. Yeah, okay. I hope, hope, hope his mates are looking after him. That's all I can say. Because it, it will. Like he, he, he'll have kept the, the blacked out windows probably all week at home if, 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 if he didn't let anyone in. So hopefully he's in, in good spirits somewhere. Yeah. Okay, I think we'll, we'll go to a song. And after the break, we'll have, uh, or after the song, we'll have Kieran Bork on to talk about all things League of Ireland. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffey Sound 96.4 FM. With the success of both Shamrock Rovers and Dundalk's European Adventures in recent years, the SSE, Artistry, Premier Division media coverage and TV coverage between RTE and Airsport has never been in a healthier state. However, the same cannot be said about the league's first division, often described as the graveyard of Irish football media coverage is almost zero. So, joining us this morning to discuss this and all things League of Ireland is Kieran Bourke from the League of Ireland podcast Between the Stripes. Kieran, welcome to the big kickoff. Roy, thanks for having me. No problem at all. Listen, the reason we got in contact with you, Kieran, was because it's a basically a great article that I read that you put together for the League of Ireland blogspot.com site, which was on the League of Ireland Facebook page which outlined a lack of I suppose love, care and attention towards the first division so what drove you to write that article? Uh, look first and foremost I'm a, a, a fan of a first division club myself in Longford Town so I'm out watching first division football every week and from 2007 until 2014 Longford spent seven long years in the first division a couple of years back in the Premier but back down in the first division now so it's where I watch most of my football and I have to say you mentioned the tag there of the graveyard division and that's most certainly what it is in terms of 
lack of media coverage and very low attendances but this season the FEI have really let the ball slip this season it's the most competitive first division yeah. in the history of League of Ireland there's 8 teams out of the 10 that could still get promotion if not win it I don't think you can say that about any other league in the world really no. so for the lack of media coverage to still be continuing this year it's very very disappointing and we're seeing the crowds at some clubs there's a small resurgence I know my own club Longford there's a 40% increase in attendances this season really? Shelburne there's great things going off the pitch there but overall attendances are still relatively very poor in the first division Yeah, one comment on the Facebook page that I thought summed up how deserted I suppose the first division is was from a, a, a fellow called Declan Mur- Murphy which read even when Cork were getting 2,000 people at the gates in this division still not mentioned that sums it up doesn't it? Yeah, that's that look. You're looking at the likes of Cork and Dog, Shamrock Rovers, the biggest clubs in this country, mm. and a lot of the clubs have had to spend the time in the first division, and even then, they didn't really receive the media coverage that they deserve. So I think I think that sums it up perfectly. Yeah, with with the league reverting back to two sets of ten divisions, how does how how has that transition gone? And I suppose does it help or hinder the divisions? I know from a Premier uh, Division perspective, uh, there's a lot of criticism, um, but that's mostly down to the way the fixtures have been put together. The FEI decided to front-load the fixtures in order to avoid postponements later in the year due to uh, the European teams. Every year we're, we're seeing games postponed when our Irish teams are progressing in Europe, so that's been a controversial decision. I think we're having way too many mid- midweek games in the Premier Division. Mm-hmm. That's affecting attendances. There's a lot of player burnout happening. You're talking players playing three games a week consistently over a course of months. Uh, we're seeing a lot of injuries picked up as a result of that. Uh, but in terms of the first division, it's been a breath of fresh air. As I said, ultra-competitive. There's eight out of the ten teams that have a shot at promotion. Uh, they're not playing midweek games, so they have a full week between games to recover. The standard in all honesty is relatively quite poor but the entertainment value has been absolutely superb just on Friday I was at Longford Town against Galway a 3-2 thriller red card it had it all <laughs> um, the only thing in both divisions we're really lacking at the minute is some quality match officials because that's been a huge issue and I think it's something you're going to see a lot of fans raising online in the coming weeks Yeah, Why do you think that the division has been neglected so much? Um, that's, that's a hard one to answer really because your first division clubs are your most uh, vulnerable, if you think about it. They're the clubs that are down in that division. A lot of them have suffered financial difficulties, as have most League of Ireland clubs, in all honesty. So you would like to see them a little bit better looked after. But when there's no media coverage, as I said, the attendances aren't going to improve. And that's financially worrying for the clubs. So I can't answer why it's been neglected, but it most certainly has been. And is it a case of... Uh, I don't know how percentage-wise or whatever, but is it a case of some of them it's just basic survival in the oh, first division, 100%. just financial support, just to stay alive? It's not where they finish is irrelevant almost. Yeah, 100%. I think there's certain cases of that in the first division at the moment, and the one criticism you would have of the first division is the fact that there's no relegation. Mm. Unfortunately, I think when the clubs voted uh, many years ago to scrap the A Championship, if any of your listeners are familiar with that concept, I think that was one of the most short-sighted decisions the clubs ever made. Mm. Um, I know a lot of the bigger clubs felt uh, they wanted to get rid of it as it, it was just very cost-heavy at the time, but there's absolutely no way for for clubs that have an interest in joining the League of Ireland, and let's be honest, there's very few clubs that have an interest. I know we always hear this argument of maybe clubs in Dublin, junior clubs, that they'd be well able to make the step up to League of Ireland football, and I'm sure they probably would be, but financially, there's just no incentive there for them. The cost of entering League of Ireland football is absolutely astronomical. <laughs> the prize money is very poor, so there's very little reason to join the League of Ireland, in honesty, and... 
Although I think that league, Dublin League of Ireland clubs are well, people, anyone in Dublin would be put off because they don't actually want any more Dublin clubs in. They they they, they do want more, I suppose, uh, country teams in I'll just to, out, to yeah. make that spread a, a little bit more even. But again, as you said, that, yeah, the 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 cost is astronomical, and that's before you even get the players and stuff like that. I suppose. Uh, do the FAI have? Uh, should they be? doing something because they actually ha- they, they don't seem to do a lot for let alone the Premier Division so First Division have they something to answer for? Um, look the FAI ha- certainly have a lot to answer for but I think clubs are far too fast to put the blame on the FAI mm. um, I think the FAI deserve credit for this the, the league restructure I, I think it's, it's made for a hugely entertaining League of Ireland season in both divisions this season uh, and while it was probably a short-sighted decision I'm, I think it, it's something we've seen before and it didn't really have a great effect at the time so whether it's going to have long-term benefits we'll have to wait and see on that but I think clubs need to do a lot more themselves in terms of promotion in terms of their online presence um, I know a lot of clubs in the first division have stepped up their game massively my own club Longford a huge improvement off the field this year in terms of what they put out online match highlights video highlights etc uh, Wexford another club putting out um, video highlights on a regular basis um, I think that's probably the biggest issue. If you're to watch Soccer Republic on a Monday night, you're not going to see any first division clubs on it. No, no. So we we it's just took the clubs, I think, really to put together their own packages, and mm. then for the FEI to promote that and maybe put together some type of online show would make sense to me. And yeah. in a totally separate issue, Roy, I can't understand why the the clubs aren't given the freedom. And I know it comes under the licensing rule, and this is exactly why they don't have the freedom to do this. But why the clubs can't put together their own match day services in terms of streaming, in terms of match commentary, yeah. and charge charge a fee for that, and be able to make some revenue off it? Instead, the FBI seem to have gone down the path of taking a sponsorship deal of online betting companies for very poor quality streaming services. Yeah. And for me, the clubs would be far better served to be able to put together their own packages. Exactly. So you're saying your team, uh, Longford Town, who are, who are close to your own heart, just go into a little bit of detail if you can and tell us what the club have implemented to sort of make a connection with the younger generation and the local community. Yeah, for, for many years Longford Town have been hugely criticised and by myself as well, even though I'm a lifelong supporter of the club, in terms of their online presence, um, they just seem to be really lacking behind it. You're seeing teams like Cabotelli coming into the first division and what they were putting together off the field was absolutely fantastic and Longford seem to have now followed up on that they've got a young media team together uh, I'm a member of that but it's been headed up by James Donnelly who's doing superb work at the club and there's match day highlights uh, put up quite soon after games you have video highlights or video interviews excuse me with players management there's SoundCloud they're on every media platform at the moment there's the match programme massively improved everything just in terms of a professional Longtown are a semi-professional club, but they're making themselves look professional. I think that's something very important in League of Ireland. We always hear this thing, we're a volunteer club. It's thrown out as an excuse by some clubs to put together you know, a halfway effort a lot of the time. But if a club can't make themselves at least look professional, then there's very little chance we'll ever have of this being a professional league. So uh, what you're saying is exactly what you said about that you can't put all the blame on the FAI. The clubs need to stand up for themselves and start taking action themselves. Yeah. Um, listen, what I suppose just to finish off on that, if I'm looking at the League of Ireland and I see Premier Division each week, can you explain to the people what makes the first division worth covering? 
Yeah, look, I'm not blind. I'm not going to make out here that the standard is anywhere near similar between the first division and the Premier Division. I've heard that mentioned by some pundits in recent weeks. They were saying that because the first division has been so competitive this season that there's easily five or six teams that could just step up into the, the, the Premier and be competitive. That's not the case. There's a huge gap between Premier and First Division football. But what I can guarantee you with the First Division this season particularly, it's entertainment. You're mm. seeing teams scoring goals. The defending isn't great at times, but it's making for entertaining games. Atmospheres are improving despite low attendances. It's a great league to well watch, and that would be the selling point for me if I was the FEI, that, look, you're not going to maybe see total football in all honesty, but you're going to see loads of goals, loads of entertainment at a very low cost. Yeah, listen, it's... Uh I, I, we, we talked about this before, we, and this is why we wanted to discuss it now, is because you, you do never see it. It said Soccer Republic will have a clip maybe thrown in there of, of one of the games, maybe maybe because there's a shortage of entertainment in the in the Premier Division and, and, and they throw this in, but uh, it definitely needs to... It can't be left the way it is because, it, as I said, the graveyard of Irish football, it, it is a struggle just to keep teams alive, and that's in the Premier Division as well, so there needs to be everything thrown at it, but I think there needs to be a bit of a, a uh, cooperation coordination mm. uh, uh, and a bit of work done together to try and liven it up a bit because in fairness the Premier Division over the last I don't know eight nine years it has lifted it has raised and people are more aware of the Premier Division so uh, there's no reason why it can't be done to the First Division as what was done with the, with the Premier Division yeah, I think a lot of that though probably has to do with the success of Dundalk and Cork City in particular and obviously this week with Graham Burke and Shane Supplebin in the Ireland squad and particularly Burke after scoring last night. It's the great boost for the League of Ireland. Is that no is that no better reason to to this time maybe to pounce? Yeah, but look we have a an international squad that's gone to tournaments recently and they've been full of ex League of Ireland players yeah. and bar one photo I can recall, um it may have been either your two thousand twelve or two thousand sixteen, I can't recall correctly, but the FBI put together a photo shoot with the players on that team in that Ireland team wearing their former right, League of Ireland yeah. kits and I thought that was a great publicity yeah. move but that needed to be spread further that should have been on billboards all over the country it should have been on television adverts uh, the League of Ireland is a great stepping stone for players looking to further their career either let it be moving to England or getting international call-ups and that needs to be the selling point uh, for the FEI that you can go out to your local ground and you can see the next Wes Hulahan, the next James McLean, the next Shane uh, Long, whoever it may be. So that needs to be the, the way the FEI look at this league going forward. All right. And listen, on Friday night, news came through that Limerick FC's players and coaching staff were called into a meeting ahead of their match against Bowes, where the club officials were informed that money, or club officials informed that there was no uh, money for their wages for May. What can you tell us about this? Yeah, well, we're talking about trying to promote the, the league in a positive term, but every time the FEI or the clubs themselves do seem to try and do that, we seem to drag ourselves back down and shoot ourselves in the foot because this is another situation at, at Limerick that just simply isn't good enough. It's farcical in all honesty. How a club can pass licensing and then declare yeah. themselves that the well is dry a few months into the season, it, it really does just put the licensing into, into question. I know we had former League of Ireland manager Alan Matthews on our podcast during the weekend Ironically, he raised the issue of licensing and he pretty much laughed it off, laughed it off as a bit of a joke, really. Uh, and what's happened at Limerick now has proven that that club can, a couple of months into the season. And we have to remember, Limerick only signed two very high-profile yeah. midfielders uh, only a couple of weeks ago in Connor Clifford and uh, Barry Maguire. Yeah. So for this club to then say, we don't have the money to pay these players, makes the league look timpot in all honesty. And... 
you know, it, it's surprising that it's actually Limerick and not another Premier Division club we're speaking about because I think a lot of people were, were expecting maybe a club in Wicklow, shall I say, to have been the first one to <laughs> declare issues this season. And, that, and that's it. I mean, you've had Limerick, you've had Bray last year. Obviously, you had Cork City in, in years gone by. Or Longford were in the same sort of financial difficulties. So, as you said, the licensing law seems, seems to be there in place just to be seen to be there rather than any sort of implementation. It's definitely just a tick, uh, box tick and yeah. an, uh, take an exercise because, as I said, we're seeing this season after season. I go back to Athlone. I remember their club has just gone backwards year after year, but a couple of seasons ago, it was no more than three or four weeks into their first division campaign that yeah. they put out a statement saying that they couldn't see themselves continuing in the League of Ireland if they didn't get more support locally. How are these clubs passing licensing? Uh, you'll have to ask the FBI that one. Yeah. Listen, Kieran, I'm, I'm just going to go for a break and uh, we'll have a little chat to you when we come back. So, okay? Perfect, right? Cheers. You're listening to Liffy Sound on 96.4 FM. And welcome back to the big kickoff on Liffy Sound 96.4 FM. So, on a lighter note, actually, about the graveyard that it is, who's actually in this bloody league? <laughs> 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 I think you've been ironic in that one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's certainly some very historic clubs in it. So, as I said earlier, watch your first division clubs, folks, because it's, it's been a great season so far. That's how bad the coverage is. I don't even know who's in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so listen, we'll, we'll give the, the first division the stage it, the, uh, it deserves. Uh, when you see only nine points separating the top six teams, uh, tell us the story so far, I suppose, uh, Kieran. Well, if you go back to pre-season, the bookmakers made Galway. United has the, yeah. the red-hot favourites to go and, and reclaim their Premier Division spot after it been relegated last season under Shane Keegan. A man who many feel was probably lucky to keep his job, uh, considering the talent he had in that Galway United season, uh, team last season. You're thinking of the likes of, of, of Murray, um, the Hale. Players all across the park that were full of quality and have gone on to play elsewhere in the Premier Division this season. Uh, for that side to be relegated, it was bit of a failure really and of course he's a manager that was relegated at Wexford as well so back to back relegations can be quite damaging to a CV and his Galway side haven't really started the season at all as people expected they made some high profile signings Ryan Connolly returning to the club from Shamrock Rovers been the main one but in all honesty he's failed to deliver and, and doesn't look the same player that was at Galway in previous years um, from a Longford Town perspective Neil Fenn second season in the job this is his first full season uh, very very exciting brand of football um, but again, players he's brought in probably haven't delivered. They had a big win over Galway at the weekend to, to put them within touching distance of those playoff positions. Yeah. You're looking at Finn Harps there, another one touted as being you know, a team that will be right up there. They signed some really attacking players, um, the likes of the two O'Connor brothers. People will remember them from, from their times at Dundalk. Yeah, right. um, they've really failed to fit into the system there under Ollie Horgan. He's a very direct manager, very defensive and it's a big game now on Monday between Longford and Harps when, when they play up in Donegal and the winner of that will find themselves in, in the playoff positions uh, Shelburne I suppose have probably been maybe a slight surprise package they're performing very well find themselves in the top four David O'Sullivan um, everyone will know him prolific goal scorer in the first division he's come in there uh, in pre-season and he is the top scorer at the moment in the first division uh, but it's been UCD that's just caught the eye of everyone Collie O'Neill's side, the, the, the brand of football they play really, really is quite impressive. Um, as well as that, they're a very physical side. They really look after themselves quite well uh, in terms of conditioning, and, and they find themselves at top. But the one to watch at the moment, apart from UC, would be Drogheda. Mm. Tim Clancy, rookie manager, retired as a player last season. He's come in, got the job there, and his team has been scoring goals for fun. Um, almost 40 goals this season already, and they're right on the heels of UC at the moment. 
And would UCDB, I, I presume obviously UCD be quite a young side as well, kind of coming through the college system? If you look across the entire League of Ireland, it's young players at the moment. I think the average age is in around 23, 24 at the moment mm. uh, in both the Premier and the First Division. So uh, that's a really positive thing for yeah. Irish football. But uh, yeah, you see a young side again this season and the brand of football they play is it's the right way to play uh, and that's important because we've seen UCD produce so many players mm. for other League of Ireland clubs down the years. We're thinking of the likes of Greg Bulger, Ronan Finn, McMillans, etc. So I think you're certainly going to see a few more players uh, household names coming out with this UCD time, uh, team in the coming years and without being disrespectful to anyone else in it obviously the big name in this division I suppose it has to be said is Shelburne Where, how is their situation at the moment I know there's the move to Daily Mount or whatever it's going to be called if, it ever, if they ever move there but is there new backers coming in or what's going to be behind them at the moment because they've been, they've been down for a long time in, um, a former Shamrock Rovers board member or director there has come in as the main backer and okay. put in it's believed to be the tune of €500,000 into the club. The club is debt-free since last year, which is mm. a huge step forward considering where Shelburne were over the last decade or so. Everyone, as you said, knows them as a huge name within Irish football, mm. that European run they had back in the mid-noughties. Uh, but since then, it's been dark, dark times yeah. um, at Tolka Park. As you mentioned, the move to Dalymount Park, that's caused a huge split within their fan base uh, mm. up until this season. There was uh, the most loyal supporters were, were boycotting games. Tolka Park was a morgue in all honesty in terms of atmosphere, in terms of attendance that they plummeted. But um, new investments come in there. There's new blood being uh, put in around the club off the field. Uh, Dave O'Connor, a former Shamrock Rovers player, he's gone in. He's the youngest, one of the youngest CEOs around. Mm. Uh, I think he's age 24, I might say. So... There's, there's great stuff going on off the pitch there and on the field Owen Heary's team are, are really performing above what was expected this season and that's mostly been down to the signing of David O'Sullivan Will the move down to Dalymount still happen or will that cool off maybe potentially? The move is still going ahead yeah. uh, we'll have to see how long it takes for this redevelopment to mm. actually happen yeah. um, I think it's, it's probably moving at a slower process than many mm. people would like but uh, make no mistake Bohemians and, and Shelburne will be ground sharing in the future yeah. years yeah. Okay. Now Let's not look at the top because at Lone Town, <laughs> although their season is, well, I, 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 there's a few words that pop into my head which probably wouldn't even do it justice, but it's not necessarily just the problems on field. Off the field, they've had a nightmare year. What, what, what way is it? Has it ironed itself out? Are they getting anywhere or is, are they still just off the field in turmoil? On the field, they're actually getting somewhere, believe it or not. Just last weekend, they picked up their second point of the season, and ironically, it came in the Midlands Derby against Longford. Yeah. Um, they play Finn Harps this weekend, and that's the only other side they've picked up a point against this season. Um, so on the field, since Aaron Callaghan left the club, and I know from speaking to players within the Atlone dressing room, he, he wasn't a popular figure. And it's probably no surprise to have seen um, improvements in performances under Terry Butler. But off the field, you said it's been a bad year for Athlone. But the last, the last number of years have been an absolute disaster. That club, uh, if anyone isn't familiar with what went on there last year, there was so much optimism in pre-season when these mm. unknown foreign investors came in and, and the FBI dropped a huge ball there in, in not checking these guys out properly. Mm. Um, it resulted in a lot of foreign players coming into the clubs. Uh, two of those players ended up getting 12-month bans respectively for match-fixing. Yeah. There was a lot of suspicion going on about the people behind the club they've mm. left since the start of this year um, the current ownership there hugely unpopular within Athlone itself um, supporters boycotts have been going on there for the last couple of seasons they've continued uh, I know 
from speaking to people that were at that Midlands Derby just two weeks ago they put the home attendance as low as maybe 20 to 30 people with 120 travelling over from Longford mm. how a club can survive on those sort of numbers yeah, yeah. I have no idea it's, it's disappointing because if I'm looking at any of these teams and I'm looking at the, the Dublin teams and I'm thinking right obviously they have the population and they have people but with the likes of Athlone Town, Longford Town, uh, I suppose even Cove to, to a certain extent, Drogheda, these are all, th- they should have a unity within the town that they're in. You, you see it with the GAA where there is a bond, there's a togetherness. There really should be that kind of uh, cohesiveness in, in a town. But obviously the club aren't working hard enough to make it a, a sort of a, a, a town sort of club. I'm delighted you've brought this up, Roy, because it, that's a subject I've wrote numerous pieces on down the years, and I think it's one of the most understated points in terms of running the League of Ireland club. If you don't have a link between your local community mm. and your football club, you have absolutely zero chance of survival. That's how heavily I would pin your links within the local community. Um, I know from a Longford perspective, again, uh, and apologies if I keep... No, no, that's Longford, fine, because if you're, if, if you're an expert on Longford Town, your know, mastermind is <laughs> ready for you. I wouldn't call myself an expert, <laughs> but I've certainly seen enough of them to, to form an opinion on them. And I know, again, as I said, with their online presence, they were heavily criticised for many years, but even more criticism came in terms of their work in the local community. If, if a Longford Town player or management team member walked down the street in Longford for many years... No one would know. No one would bat an eyelid, no one would know who it was. But this year, as I said, Neil Fenn's come in, young manager, and he's really getting out there into the community, and he wants the people of the town and the county to get behind the club, and he's going around to local schools, local businesses, Perfect. and it's, it's great to see, um, and from an at-loan town perspective, as I said, the current ownership, um, they don't have really a remit to run that football club as far as I'm concerned, because the people of at-loan have totally turned their back on that football club. Yeah. And I know there is a consortium, local-based businessmen looking to take over that club, and they've made exactly the same comments. And um, for me now, it's for the FBI to go in and take a stranglehold of the situation there before we lose yet another league. Another club, yeah, yeah. So this is more an educational question for me. The likes of the newbies that have come in over the last years, Wexford and Cabinteely, is this their kind of level, or are they very much they see the way it goes, so it's nice and slow, and will slowly build up? But there is aspirations to obviously break into the Premier potentially, or is this their level? Well, you can call um, Wexford a newbie, but yeah. in all honesty, they were around before and they've just changed their name and gone under a different banner. Um, they're certainly at a level that they deserve to be at. It'd be, I think it'd be fair to say that they'll be a team that a lot of people wouldn't be surprised if they're to be the next one to put their hand up because, again, I've been at games there recently and they're getting less than 100 people in the gate and there seems to be, yeah. for whatever reason, there seems to be a real apathy as well between the club itself and the community there I know they're based a long way outside of the town too mm. which doesn't help but there just seems to be a real no real good feel factor about that club at the moment so that, that's quite worrying in terms of Kevin Healy having had people on the show that, that are involved in the running that club and speaking to them they see Kevin Healy as being one of the biggest clubs in Ireland it, it, I think their goal is to be in the Premier Division by 2020 Brilliant. And, and from there to grow the club and they want to be a brand uh, in the same way that I suppose Shamrock Rovers are in this country Yeah, they just need to be careful don't they Kevin Teddy that they don't go down the route of paying out too much money on players and and all in yeah, one, yeah and and uh, I was going to say something that I probably shouldn't say, uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, don't 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 spend all their money on just big names. Uh, make sure you make that steady progress up the ladder, and eventually you'll get that chance to to progress up the leagues. I, you've seen so many, like as Dave said, Sporting Fingal, who've just made a, a disastrous yeah, decision. Well, I, 
in all honesty, without wanting to sound disrespectful to Cabin Healy, I don't think they have too many big name players. Kieran Marty Waters would be mm. the only one I'd look at at the moment. And I think he's probably there out of convenience more than anything. But you have to remember, he was with UCD previously as well. Yeah, he's yeah. a player that's far better than that standard. Uh, let it be UCD or Cabin Healy. He's probably a Premier Division footballer, in all honesty. So. Yeah. Um, but no, I think Cabin Healy have gone about things the right way. They're doing great stuff off the field to try and build their presence. Um, that's not uh, turning into attendances, though. The attendances are still relatively poor, but I suppose if results were to follow, maybe we might see an improvement in that. I suppose the fact they don't play in Cabin Healy as such, it's probably harder to establish a link between the community and the club. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, from talking to people within the club, I, I like what they have to say, and uh, yeah. I wouldn't write Cabin Healy off. No, I, I'm, I'm living in Dublin a long time. I didn't know where Cabin Healy was, so that <laughs> <laughs> doesn't say much. No, I do now. Why not? I didn't. Listen. <laughs> I was only in Longford last week. Okay, listen, uh, that's the first division. Don't get people get yourselves educated and, and get yourselves out there to, to, to these games as much as you possibly can. Uh, just on the first division, is there any young players that we should keep an eye on? Don't call me biased, but I'm going to pick out a Longford Town player Shock. here. Shock. <laughs> Trust me, folks, go and watch this kid because he's not going to be in this league for long. Uh, I know he's been on the fringes of the Irish underage setup already, mm. and for me, He's this good. He's a future international player if he keeps it up. A. Durbin, uh, midfielder. By looking at him, <laughs> you'd be thinking, is he a footballer? He's absolutely tiny. Nah. This man is a midfield machine. He oh, he's going to be the next Wes Hill now, isn't he? And we're all going to be clamouring for him and people will be saying, he's too small. He plays a little deeper than Wes At the moment, he's actually playing in the defensive midfield role, but he's yeah. the one that's pushing forward, looking to link to play. Got his first ever League of Ireland goal at the weekend, an absolute screamer against Galway. Checked yeah. it out on the Longford Town social media pages folks uh, right. but uh, trust me this player is good uh, in terms of other young talent in the first division um, as I said it's a young division so, so anyone that's yeah. performing in a, is, a, is a future star if they can keep up their current form Okay, listen. We'll, we'll give we'll give a good five minutes to the Premier Division. All right. Listen. Uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> so tell me, who's in that league? <laughs> <laughs> listen, the, the Cork City and Dundalk. The, uh, I suppose it would have been predicted at the start of the season that these two would have been fighting out for the league title. How do you see it sort of shaping up? Yeah, I think unfortunately it has probably turned into a, t- a two-horse race in recent weeks. Uh, West, uh, sorry, excuse me, Warford. So I'm already going back to the first division, but uh, Warford have been absolutely superb since coming up from the first division last season. Huge investment, obviously, has gone into that club since Lee Power came in. He's the Swindon Town owner as well. Mm, if anyone yeah. isn't familiar with the name, um, they've been able to bring in some players that are clearly too good for this league. <laughs> They're going to lose their goalkeeper Vigru now. His loan spell is over, and it remains to be seen whether they can keep their star man Courtney Dufus, who's on loan from Oldham. But uh, they've really put it, put it up to the top two, and they've beaten Dundalk and Cork mm. this season. But unfortunately, consistency in recent weeks has let them down, and the two sides at the top have just pulled away slightly. And it looks like we're we're in for a ding dong battle this season again between Dundalk and Cork, who are just picking up wins after wins after wins. Yeah, and hopefully that, that they can do something again in Europe this year just to keep that momentum in, uh, of interest in the, in the League of Ireland. Shamrock Rovers. Like, Shamrock Rovers have been making a lot of noise over the last couple of years with their development project, etc., etc. How do you sum them up? Um, just before we go any further, you're talking about Europe there, I would have to say I'm majorly worried for Cork in terms of Europe. They're obviously in the Champions League this season. Mm. And while it's easier to progress in Europe this season, because if a team even loses in the early stages of the Champions League, they can still fall into the Europa League and go on a good run. Mm. But the style of football Cork City play this season and have played pre- really throughout John Coffey's tenure 
it's not productive to retain in the football and that's not going to get you anywhere in Europe so yeah. I think keep an eye on that in terms of the mm. dock we all know how Stephen Kenny plays and I think we're going to see a really fantastic run from Dundalk and hopeful this season but uh, on Shamrock Rovers you have to wonder how Stephen Bradley's still in the job Shamrock Rovers have lost more games than they've won this season yeah. they're sixth in a 10 team league yeah. Shamrock Rovers everyone talks about Dundalk and Cork being the biggest clubs in the country I'm sorry Shamrock Rovers are still by far and away the biggest club in Ireland they're the only one that has a real brand presence um Mm-hmm. You, you go out to Tala there and you just see the whole setup out there it's absolutely fantastic it's probably miles ahead of anything in this league but when you look at the players they have when you look at the history of that club it, it's not good enough um, I, I really don't know how he's done the job you talked there about the club taking a step towards maybe youth development more and I think that's probably where they've gone wrong obviously it's important to look at your youth structures they have people like Damien Dusty and McFall involved there behind the scenes and that's great for the young players but the young players are coming into a, a failing first team they're not yeah. going to progress obviously Graham Burke's been the exception to that but he's been dragging this team all season long and you'd really wonder would they be even further down the table without him yeah, no, I've I've gone to see Shamrock Rovers a, a couple of times because uh, our local club, Lucan United, are linked with them. So I've gone across a few times to watch them against, uh, actually seeing them against Dundalk. They are, they, they're playing a little bit with fear because you can see that they need the results. But they they also, they're playing football sometimes. I think with Graham Bourke, Graham Bourke's an excellent player. And sometimes they haven't played him in the position, probably he's a centre forward and that's probably it, because they played him out on the right and they're trying to compensate for him, not always track him back. And yeah. it, it's a bit disjointed, the team. I don't think it's, 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 they have a, what's his name, Carr up front, who hasn't started in games. I think Shaw has started up in, in, in games ahead of him. But Carr up front is, is, for me, is a better striker. He runs into channels, he chases things down, he makes things uh, work and tick. So he's only come in kind of, you know, halfway through the, the 21 games so far and affected some of their results. But but I think it's the lack of people running off Carr that's the yeah. big issue. I know I was very critical of one of the soccer republic uh, pundits earlier this season when, when they, said, they said they don't think Carr would really improve that Shamar oversight mm. I think he's, he's been one of their better players in a very poor season yeah. uh, as I said I just don't think he's getting the service or the running options for midfield I'm looking at the two most experienced players in that side Ronan Finn and Greg Bulger and our, on our show we have been highly critical of them all season I'm sure mm. everyone knows that the spat between Declan Fabio O'Brien and Greg Bulger earlier this season when Fabio said that Bulger should hand back his wages that his performance was so poor this season and look people said that was disrespectful for me Fabio was 100, 110% correct Greg Bulger he's won so many things in this league he's played for huge clubs he was with Cork last season during their double winning season he's been absolutely woeful Ronan Finn is the captain of that club again he's another one that's played in huge European games for Dundalk He's made more mistakes than he's done anything yeah, positive this season. Yeah. Those two obviously. players seem to be in the starting eleven every single week. Um, again, that shows a lack of character in terms of the manager have been able to make big-term decisions. You're speaking about the team playing with fear. A lot of that comes from the goalkeeping crisis there at Shamrock Rovers. <laughs> You've Tomer Chinchinski, who ha- who's not a goalkeeper, simple as that. But <laughs> the, the errors he makes makes Carius look like... <laughs> so he's still got a job, Carius, has he? Potentially. <laughs> <laughs> No. Yeah, as I said, and then you have Horgan, who's actually upped his performances massively. Unfortunately, he's picked up an injury at the moment. Chinchinski with another error at the weekend against Dundalk. That that fear spreads throughout the entire team. Uh, in terms of the Dublin derbies, they can't seem to win one against Bowes, and that's because they're playing with fear in those games. And as we've said, Rovers, biggest club in the country, shouldn't be going into any game fear and anything. But 
until there's a change in management there, I don't think we're going to see much of an upturn. No. Listen, Graham Bork, talking about Ro- Rovers, uh, scored his first goal last night for the Republic of Ireland. Uh, as It's well documented, the first goal since 1974 from a League of Ireland player, Ray Tracy being the last. But I suppose it's the latest League of Ireland interest in the Irish setup because of a rise in talent in our National League, or is it because of the lack of quality that's making it across the war, or you know, considering you know the national team's demise? There's a huge wealth of quality within the league at the moment. I look at the Premier Division goal scoring charts, and Hoban is one that everyone is calling out for a call up. Um, He's probably not the most technically gifted player, but when you think of Martin O'Neill's setup, he'd certainly fit into that. A real uh, target man, a hole up man. Ireland's struggling for goals. He has 15 goals in the Premier Division this season. Mm. Uh, I can't understand why he hasn't got a look in there. Um, Kieran Sadler, probably the one everyone talks about a lot, but he's been in and out of the core team this season, so he's mm. going to have to improve his performances massively in the Premier Division if he wants to get uh, looking at that setup. Uh, Aaron McInef, 10 goals from midfield for Derry City. That's, that's absolutely fantastic, mm. and he looks one that won't be around too much longer either. Michael Duffy of course um, yeah. he, he declared that he wants to play for Ireland uh, as opposed to playing for Northern Ireland he's been the star performer even above Graham Bark I would say this season yeah. in the Premier Division so there's loads of players there but uh, I'm going to be a bit cynical here but is it, do you think Graham Bork was brought in and played just to tick off a box for Martin O'Neill because before people and us uh, here we're, we're, we're guilty of it too but rightly so I think that we were calling out that only players from the League of Ireland are only good enough to play for the, the Irish team if they make the move. The next week they make the move to England, then they, they oh, get looked at. Is this the Graham Bork thing, maybe, do you think, albeit Graham Bork is an excellent player, I like Graham Bork as a player, but do you think it's kind of, listen, I've ticked that box off, now you can keep it quiet, I'm going to play the way I want to play anyhow. That whole thing of a player needing to move to England, that's one of the things that's fundamentally wrong with Irish football. Yeah. I mean, we've seen in the past players make the move from a League of Ireland club over to maybe an English Championship club and they haven't been playing, they've been playing reserve team football and immediately they've been called up into the Ireland setup. Uh, that's where the whole magic playing reference has come from in, in recent years. Yeah. Um, in terms of Graham Burke, uh, he deserves to be in that Ireland squad. There was nothing tokenism about his call-up. Uh, I would have been critical of Shane Supple's call-up in all honesty. I think he's been well below par this season for Bowes as opposed to last season. For me, he wouldn't even be the best goalkeeper in the league this year. Um, so I felt there was a certain sense of tokenism about his call-up. Um, but from listening to Martin O'Neill last night, I think it's probably fair to say, if anyone hasn't caught his post-match comments on, on Graham mm. Burke, which have, which have angered a lot of people, he, yeah. he seemed to suggest that the game passed by Graham Burke yeah. in the first 15 or 20 minutes, despite Burke being probably the only Irish player in the attack on third that actually looked to get on the ball, looked yeah. to get the ball forward positively, not hoofing the ball, but doing the right thing on it. Uh, I thought he was absolutely superb and as you mentioned he got his goal look it was a tap in but it's great to see him score goal, uh, score a goal and you would have thought O'Neill would have you know, been a bit more positive in his post-match analysis but uh, I think those sort of comments definitely suggest that we can expect to see this not on an all too consistent basis in terms of calling up League of Ireland players so to kind of sum things up obviously before we wrap up and to kind of sell League of Ireland because like, me for one I might maybe go once a month or whatever but I enjoy the thrill of the use and as of being in the crowd because a lot of us will spend 500 quid 600 quid every couple of weeks to go over to England and try and put it's literally on your doorstep every week for 15 euro and regardless of the standard of play like it, that alone sells it for me mm. what is it for you who goes in week in and week out and to try and say to other people just come out and have a just enjoy yourself it's the exact same thing I mean I'm a League of Ireland nut but I'm a huge football fan in general I'm like everyone else I watch 
the Premiership, La Liga, Bundesliga, and, and I follow Ireland home and away a lot of the time too. And I always hear this thing, the main argument is I don't go to the League of Ireland because it's rubbish, the standard is rubbish, yet Ireland are able to attract huge yeah. attendances and watching Martin O'Neill's team would literally make you pull your hair out, <laughs> <laughs> in all honesty. Uh, you're talking about going over to England for games, five, six hundred pounds to, to go over and watch a game. Again, I've watched the Premiership all season long and yeah. I thought some of the football was absolutely terrible to watch. Yeah. Whereas I went out on Friday night, I, I have a season ticket, but if I didn't, 10, ten euro in at the gate to, to watch Longford and Galway United, five goals, right cards, controversial decisions, yeah. and an absolutely fantastic atmosphere as well. I think and you're live in the ground hearing all the noises as well. <laughs> you can't beat it. I, I think that's something, though, that isn't promoted enough in yeah. terms of the atmosphere at the game. Just as simple as that. It, there's such a, relatively small attendances compared to what you, you see in England, etc. But in terms of the atmosphere, they match that easily. Like I'm watching a lot of games, like particularly the likes of Arsenal. There, you're, you're watching a full, <laughs> a beautiful stadium, and you'd hear a pin drop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So in terms of League of Ireland football, the atmosphere is certainly well above what it should be, and I think that's something that that the FBI needs to promote more in the clubs themselves. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Listen, we're just going to finish it up now, Caron. Uh, uh, between the stripes. Tell us just a little bit. We we'll give you about a minute because we're we're starting to get tired here. We're talking a long time, <laughs> which is great. Uh, give us a minute on, uh, I suppose, between the stripes, how it started, and uh, where you are at now. The yeah, podcast. So, um, sorry, I, I set up between the stripes uh, back in 2016. I was actually out of frustration with my own club, Longford. Uh, as I said earlier in the show, there was just. Uh, very very little online presence so I decided that I was going to change that and, and set this up as a dedicated Longford Town site but in recent years we've actually moved away and we're actually now just covering the League of Ireland in general with uh, obviously a hint of Longford thrown in um, we've launched the podcast out of that and I'd love your listeners to check it out Between mm-hmm. the Stripes LOI podcast you'll find us on iTunes and all other platforms and, and that's a weekly League of Ireland show that goes out every Wednesday night with top class guests from across the league and it's been a huge success at the moment we're ranked 17th uh, on the iTunes Sports Department, um, we're the highest ranked League of Ireland podcast, and there's been a huge increase in League of Ireland podcasters this season. There's, there's probably seven or eight of them out there, and some of them are from the likes of Air Sport and RTE. So for us mm. to be competing with them, it's it's fantastic, and I think it probably speaks to our passion for the league. Yeah, I've listened to a couple of the podcasts now, and uh, exactly what you're saying. There's there's quality in it, and uh, it's very interesting and. and uh, the information, exactly what we've got from you today, has uh, is excellent. So, listen, have a listen to uh, Between the Stripes, and uh, always have a listen to Big Kickoff first. <laughs> <laughs> for anyone looking, you'll find uh, our podcast and our website on www.betweenthestripes.ie. Nice and easy to remember. And as I said, you can access the podcast through that. So, brilliant. Thanks for having me, Roy. Here and, no uh, great show you guys have going there. And it's great to see another outlet promoting the League of Ireland. No problem. Listen, Kieran, no doubt we'll be back on yeah. to you again sometime soon in the near future uh, thanks very much for your time enjoy your weekend thanks lads cheers thank, thank you bye bye yeah there you have it that was brilliant that was, that was excellent do you know what that's that's our first thorough look at the League of Ireland their first obviously our first thorough look at the first division uh, so that and it gives us a bit more detail on, on, on what we should be looking at in, in those divisions uh, What do you, you have something coming up here Sergio Ramos yeah oh, yeah Anyway, uh, Sergio Ramos World Cup's coming up and uh, yeah, just to add to his brilliance and what makes me love him even more. <coughs> Go on, uh, He's got a World Cup song. Do you want to hear a little snip of it? Go on. And uh, he's with a, a, a De Marco Flamenco. Uh, he's the singer. Try and guess which one Sergio Ramos and which one is the professional <laughs> singer. <laughs> the song is called Otra Estrella en tu Corazón. Do you like that? Very good. I know Estrella's star and Corazón is heart so something to do with stars and heart. Wow. But uh, here's a little snip of Sergio Ramos. <laughs> 
She's starting to buffer. Why? Stop, why are you buffering? <laughs> stop buffering. <laughs> anyway, there's the show round. There you go. That's that's brilliant. Anyway, brilliant. Sergio Ramos work up song. Type it into your YouTube. We'll, we'll play. It's buffering. We'll I have to get rid of it. We'll now. play it next week. Yeah, we? it's horrendous. Uh, I love it because it's horrendous. And uh, the video, they're they're looking into the into the wind, kind of look like really hamming it up a bit. I'm like, I really hope you're doing as lat on here. But if you're serious, it makes me hate you even more. Listen, but, uh, we're uh, going to uh, we're going to pack it in now and and leave us for the day. Enjoy the rest of your long weekend. La 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 long weekend. <laughs> and Dave, yes. next week we're going to have a, a World Cup special. I think we have to because the World Cup is up in. in 10 days uh, first of the week yeah something like that so uh, we'll have a World Cup special next week tune in and who's we jersey you going to wear like for the who would you like outside the pub, see the Nigerias I put a bet on but I'll talk about it next week <laughs> okay come on. have a great one guys talk to you